Welcome to Chilling with Teddy G, an authentic black channel empowering the black community and capturing the modern day black reality through investigative journalism. I'm your host, Teddy G. Welcome back to another episode of CWTG. As you know, I'm Teddy G, your host, and you know on this channel we discuss anything and everything with absolutely no sugar, no frosting, and definitely no mayonnaise. Y'all go grab yourself a favorite cup of coffee, tea, or latte, or whatever you want to drink in this 95-degree weather, your uh, cold water, cold iced tea, lemonade, and join me, ladies and gentlemen, as we talk about these uh, 911 operators, right, who uh, have not been called to uh, justice for the lack of them doing their duty, okay? And in this particular episode, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about two particular situations. One with this uh, recent uh, lady uh, who, who died because the uh, 911 operator refused to send help, uh, medical help, when she was suffering from a medical condition, right? And subsequently, the woman died. Now, in my opinion, and maybe other people's opinion, this is manslaughter. Because you uh, are uh, uh, duly qualified to send help when someone asks for it. I don't care if that help is for medical or, or uh, emergency situations where the police may be involved or you have a fire going on and uh, you need uh, uh, services right away. That's why the whole 911 operation system was put into place to help individuals who are in need of it. Well, we've got operators out here, ladies and gentlemen, who are just simply refusing to do their job. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to get right into this story, ladies and gentlemen, as soon as we do a little housekeeping, because everybody knows who are advocate listeners of uh, uh, Chilling with Teddy G knows that we keep our uh, housekeeping done. We won't have no dirty laundry around here because we keep it clean with the Copyright Disclaimer Act of 1976 under Title 17, Section 107. Allowances made for the fair use for the purpose such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching scholarships, and research fair use is permitted by the copyright statute that may otherwise be infringing. Nonprofit education or personal use tips the balance in the favor of fair use. So yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I got this story from me, uh, one of my uh, sister uh, stations from the uh, uh, Dr. Rashad Ritchie, who has a program, Undisputable, uh, brought this to my attention about this 911 operator who uh, failed to uh, send help for someone who was asking for it. When you know, when you hit that number, 911, and you're asking for assistance, uh, it's the, they're obligated. It's their job. That's what they're getting paid for, to send you the type of help that you are requesting. Well, when you're requesting a, a, an ambulance for a medical emergency, and for whatever reason, a 911 operator says, I'm not going to send anybody out there for that. 
well, they're subsequently responsible for their actions. And that's why we want to have this particular operator um, go through the criminal procedures of not performing her job because someone died from the uh, lack of, of them providing the services that they are getting paid for. Let's keep that in mind, right? This is the same reason why uh, uh, Tamir Rice in Cleveland, Ohio, I think it was back in 2014, was was uh, killed because the uh, 911 operator refused, well, I'm gonna say refused, but didn't send critical information that was uh, pertinent to uh, the emergency call. And that's the reason why that young boy was shot down within three to four seconds after um, law enforcement arrived on the scene. We're going to get into that, but first I want to cover this story, ladies and gentlemen, where this uh, daughter was asking for emergency medical help for her mom who was suffering from a medical condition, and she did the uh, right thing of calling the 911 operator and asking for assistance. And what do you do in the case, ladies and gentlemen, where they tell you that we're not going to do it? I mean, there's not really like actually another emergency service that you can call to render help for the uh, uh, medical emergency that you're having. So you're pretty much stuck on trying to do something yourself. That's, and that's real bad, especially if you're not a qualified uh, medical emergency uh, technician to be able to render aid to uh, any civilian person or family member that may be requiring that type of attention. Let's go to Dr. Rashad Richie, ladies and gentlemen, and get the full story on why this uh, 911 operator uh, refused to send help. 911 operator was charged with manslaughter for killing the woman that you're looking at now. Let's put her picture up for a mass. I've been saying this from day one, the 911 operators who are proven to be negligent and cause the death of someone should be held accountable. So there's a 911 operator has been charged with involuntary manslaughter after he declined to send an ambulance to that woman. That woman you're looking at was bleeding to death. This was in Pennsylvania. The AP reported this. The criminal complaint filed within the Western District of Pennsylvania last month says Leon Price, 50 years of age, was on a 911 call between him and Kelly Tichenor and refused to send an ambulance to her mother that you just saw unless she indicated she will go to the hospital. So you literally have a back and forth between a 911 operator and a hysterical young person calling the operator because her grandmother is suffering and bleeding. There's now I want you to hear this. It's not your job to determine what happens on the scene once the uh, emergency medical professionals arrive. 
Okay, the operator is not, the 911 operator is not to be saying, well, if you ain't going to send them to the hospital, okay, uh, then I'm not going to send them out there. I'm not going to waste my time or the expense of these medical personnel, mind you, which they're not paying for. Because anybody who didn't roll in the ambulance knows that that's your responsibility to pay for that service once it's rendered. So how can a 911 operator determine these um, situations for you? It's just not in the rules. It's not in the logbooks. That's not even a part of your job. If I call you and tell you to send out the fire, uh, medical, or law enforcement, your job is to make sure that happens. That's it. You ain't supposed to be determining anything else. Whether, I, whether the individuals who arrive accepts the assistance of the uh, emergency personnel has nothing to do with you weighing your decision on whether you're going to see them out or not. And that's the case of what happened today, ladies and gentlemen. This 911 operator made the choice to say that, well, you know what, I don't feel that you're going to use the the uh, emergency medical services the way that I think you should, so I'm not sending them. Let's go back to Dr. Rashad Ritchie, ladies and gentlemen. Ms. Tichino made the 911 call on July, uh, July 2020, according to court documents in the complaint, Tichino's attorney said she described her 56-year-old mother, uh, Dania Kronk, as uh, incoherent and bleeding from the rectum. That's what she said to the 911 operator. Now, you and I don't need to be trained to understand that's serious. All right, this is a serious thing. You need to get an ambulance over here right now. Now, when I- Of course, and we all know that most of the time when you're bleeding from the rectum, we all know all too well. If you anybody with any uh, uh, intelligence knows that that is some, a serious situation, meaning that you got some type of internal bleeding going on, or you got cancer, or you got something where this is a serious thing because you don't bleed from the rectum just on the normal. That means you have a serious medical condition that needs uh, attention right away. And this 911 operator decided to say, nah, uh-uh, I'm not doing it. Decided not to do so. Um, but Price told her bluntly, the 911 operator said bluntly that no emergency services such as an ambulance would be dispatched to her mother because it would be a waste of resources. Wow. The says. wow. No requested emergency services came that day as a result of defendant Price's actions and as a proximate and or direct result of the lack of emergency medical care, Ms. Cron died, according to the complaint. The 911 operator is the proximate or direct cause of the death, that's your prerequisite for a homicide, okay, for a manslaughter. If Price had sent an ambulance, had done the basic job of a 911 operator or some kind of emergency, according to the report, the complaint says Ms. Prock would have at least suffered less and might have had a more dignified death. The lawsuit also says Price must be, must have been aware of the gravity of the situation due to the daughter's pleading uh, pleading tone and description of what was wrong with her mother. The the daughter goes into much detail about 
the scene about the pain and the bleeding of her own mother. Mr. Price, non-responsive. Mr. Price decides not to send an ambulance and uh, Mr. Price has now been arrested, charged with manslaughter. Um, Ms. Tichino said, I believe, I believe in my heart that my mother would still be alive if he would have sent an ambulance. It should not be, it should not have been his decision. He should have sent an ambulance and let the professionals decide if she could go to the hospital or not. That actually happened two years ago. He has finally been charged in Greene County now. A $10,000 fine, up to five years in prison, that's your maximum. So you have an entire human being who's dead. You actually have someone who's responsible and the maximum they can get is a $10,000 fine and five years in prison, you know good damn well he would never get the maximum. Mr. Price obviously was mistaken about his profession, causing the death of unarmed people. Who do you think you are, the police? Let me remind you of Tamir Rice. Let's put up his picture, because there's another 911 operator that should be arrested. This happened back in 2017. Look at the face of this 12 year old. Now, we talk about the cop who did it. We had a lot of commentary about that cop last week. We stopped her from getting another job. But you know what happened with the 911 call? The 911 dispatcher did not report that it was a juvenile and did not report it was possibly a toy, even though, even though the person who called 911 said it is probably a toy gun and he's a juvenile. Dispatch did not relay that, just called the 12 year old Amir Rice, just called the young man a guy, a guy, okay? 2017, a 911 dispatcher who took a call that led to white officers fatally shooting the 12 year old child outside of a recreation center has been suspended for eight days. Police Chief Calvin Williams found in a letter dated March 10th that Constance Hollinger, that's the 911 dispatcher that she'll be arrested now. Constance Hollinger violated protocol the day of the shooting, uh, the day of the shooting of Tamir Rice, who had been playing with a pellet gun. Now, get this, there was a suspension. Literally, the 911 dispatcher got a harsher penalty than the cop that killed the young Tamir Rice. This happened in 2017. Where is justice because of the failure of this 911 operator for Tamir? Tamir was shot within seconds of the police cruiser skidding to a stop just a few feet away from him November 2014 outside the Cleveland Recreation Center. The city's internal disciplinary charges accused Hollinger of failing to tell the dispatcher who sent the officers to the rec center that the man who called 911 about a guy pointing a gun at people also said it could be a juvenile and that the gun might be fake. Did you hear that? That's the operator's fault as well. The 911 operator failed to uh, reveal pertinent and important information, ladies and gentlemen, about the situation that was occurring. That it probably was a child and that the uh, 
uh, the uh, weapon in question was probably a toy. Now, this is information that the uh, 911 operator should have revealed over the radio when you were sending law enforcement out to this location. But I don't, let me say this. That still doesn't excuse the uh, uh, Mazungu law enforcement race soldier from um, acting with uh, intelligence, uh, uh, the correct type of, uh, of fortitude that would allow him to survey the situation before he just arrived on scene with screeching brakes and then just broke out into this uh, um, um, shooting of this uh, uh, 12 or 11 year old boy and actually was the cause of his death. So I'm not saying that the uh, all of the blame goes to the uh, 911 operator because in Tamir's Rice case, it surely doesn't, okay? That was a lack on both of them. That was a lack on the uh, uh, 911 operator for not uh, revealing crucial information that was pertinent to the situation and for the officer not being properly trained in order to uh, handle, you know, a situation that uh, he was getting involved with. I mean, because from what I understand, ladies and gentlemen, uh, anybody who's a suspect or an assumed criminal uh, uh, is allowed their uh, day in court. But you can't when when officers just come up on the scene, make a determination within a few seconds, mind you, and gun down the individual, okay, because of their perception. And we know what their perception is. Hey, he's dark skinned, he's melanated, gun him down because a, a dead suspect is a good suspect when it's time to go to court or go in front of a review review board right I'm going up on the review board and I don't need any uh, negative comments about my actions so the less people that can go in front of the review board or in front of the uh, the court or the grand jury or whatever the better for that uh, law enforcement race soldier which was happening in this case all right, we're going to get back to uh, Dr. Richard Ritchie and his uh, uh, opinion and commentary on this. But that was a point, ladies and gentlemen, that definitely needed to be made so y'all can understand the gravity of this situation. And said none of that. We brought this up 2017. It happened. 2014, still no justice for the young Tamir Rice. All right, sharing thoughts. Yeah, and Tamir Rice's mother is still hollow, broken. Life will never be the same. 1.8 seconds, I believe it was, might have been less than that, when the officers violated their training and protocol and rolled up on the scene like, you know, something out of a, a dumb cop movie. It was ridiculous. Mr. Price, in this current case, there's a difference, Dr. Ritchie, between a mistake and willful misconduct. Right? And I often wonder why people like Mr. Price go into jobs where they have to interact with the public at some of their most stressful moments. They do it because it's about power. Just like the police you mentioned and talk about often on this show, they do it because they love 
power and they love to misuse it and they love to control people. And this woman was not provided expedient medical help because Mr. Price wanted to play God. He's unworthy. It should be the $10,000 and he should get the maximum. And I hope you keep talking about it because light has to be, you know, put the spotlight on these people. Yeah. But that won't happen. There's no way. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. We all know this all too well that this uh, um, 911 operator is not going to get the maximum penalty. That never happens. And, And if that's the maximum, you can imagine what the least penalty is going to be, which is probably a probation. Maybe a, a small fine, if not a small fine, maybe some community service. And that's going to be the end of a, a, a his ordeal, even though he was directly involved or indirectly involved, involved with the death of this woman. Because we already know what the maximum is. And if that's the maximum penalty, which and this may be this operator's first defense, you know he's not going to receive that. He may get 100 hours of community service and then the judge going to say, let's call it a day. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank y'all for tuning in uh, to this episode of Chilling with uh, uh, Teddy G. And uh, please, y'all, continue to do your social distancing. I just found out in this uh, building where I'm renting my studio at is uh, someone in here has... uh, uh, contracted the uh, COVID-19. So we'll never ever, as I tell y'all at the all, always at the end of every show that we'll never be out of the woods with this virus and any other virus that's out here. So wear your masks, wear your shields, wear your shoe coverings, wear your gloves and uh, masks to help reduce the spread of this virus. Take care of your immune system. That's your number one defense against any virus out here is a healthy and strong immune system. That will help you recover from it. Okay, so y'all should be definitely wearing all of your outer gear because we're living in a new normal. You should definitely be eating all the proper foods that will help you maintain a healthy and strong immune system. I tell y'all these things. I bring y'all these stories for one reason and one reason only. That's because I love you. Loving you guys is my food. And Teddy G is hungry each and every single day of my life. And until God grants me the opportunity to address you guys again, I bid each and every one of you peace, love, and soul.
in America as a black person, you recognize there is one set of laws for you and one set of laws for those, especially in the white community. In our book, Passive Aggressive Racism in the System of White Supremacy, I take you through times in my life when I first started noticing white supremacy. We teach you how to recognize it, identify it, and also counter it in our book. This book is a beginner's course for those that are just starting to wake up and open their eyes to see the system of white supremacy. As a black American person, you must understand this system because this system is life or death to you. How you handle it, how you deal with it, it can affect your mental health if you don't understand this system. Pick up our book, Passive Aggressive Racism and the System of White Supremacy today on Amazon.